Welcome to the Synergy Thrive Podcast. I'm Kelly Cole, founder of Energy of Thrive Tribe and creator of Synergy Thrive Academy. This is a podcast for ambitious moms who are tired of feeling like a lack of energy and constant stress is preventing them from fulfilling their highest purpose. What if all the pieces you need to make that happen reside within you? Connecting the spirit, your brain, your body, your gut, and your mind creates a balance and synergy to thrive. Here is to thriving women. May we know them, may we be them, may we raise them. This is the Synergy Thrive Podcast. Hello, my gorgeous thriving soul. Welcome back. And today we are talking about how to flip the on switch to your brain. This is a pretty fun topic, and I think that this perspective is going to be a little bit different than maybe what you're used to hearing. So what we're going to talk about today is reaching down into something that you used to love to do and applying it to your life now. And really, the basis for this is talking about how, as children, we play. And as parents, we're kind of drawn back into that and maybe even have a time when we remember, oh, like, I remember playing with things like this or, you know, find that resistance that happens a little bit because your children are so imaginative and creative and they come up with so many things in your your mind thinking, "I I would have never thought of that or I love how they're thinking about that and Look, looking back, um, kind of also remembering that it's this transition that happens. Like at some point we were like that too. And slowly we start to just grow older. And maybe the things that we did, we don't have an opportunity to do them as many times or in a day, or we don't have the opportunity to do them at all. And we lose parts of ourselves that were alive in that process, right? So when you're in childhood, you have all, if you're fortunate enough to have all of these experiences that are offered to you because you have, you're surrounded by people who want you to have those experiences. You're exposed to sports, you're exposed to arts, you're exposed to programs that are in music and all of these places are like the extracurriculars, right? They're not the fundamentals of like science and English and math, but they're viewed as extra. Um, I think that there's a huge, that's a whole other topic, but there's a huge, um, a huge amount of development that happens though when you have that free space to be able to play. And that's why I started looking into this and talking about it um, in the context of looking at my toddlers who were growing into three to five-year-olds who were in that place where they wanted to play and imagine all the time, but they also needed to learn their fine motor skills for handwriting. And as a parent, trying to view it through the lens of what's the best way or like, how are my kids going to do this the best? And that's where this started, but it evolved into this whole other realization that, you know, I I don't know how I stopped playing. Like I should be doing more of the things that I'm picking up and doing with them now. And I find myself thinking that too. And so in my line of work, I 
my regular day job is um, as a pediatric nurse practitioner, and I work with children in the hospital setting. So we are trained. It's almost a skill like this ability to begin to draw play into different scenarios where we're having a conversation or maybe we're about to do something that, you know, is like a procedure or whatever. And so from I, from my specific standpoint, I watch and I see the different levels within our nursing staff and within our child life specialist team, especially that's, they're highly skilled at this. It's a skill set that they have to be able to create an environment where the child starts to open a little bit to be able to play with something or um, open their mind a little bit that way. And so for me, I feel like I have a little bit of a different perspective because for myself, I don't feel like I was honoring that for me. But for these kids that I always interact with at work, I am getting down and dirty into, you know, singing and pulling out whatever type of like drawing and toys and all of those types of things that we do for distraction and to create a scenario where they're trying to, you know, be, it's maybe created a less traumatized type of scenario for a procedure or some um, element of play that comes into things. And so I think that for me, I recognized very easily that I had had this skill set that I had been honing for quite a while. And it comes to me naturally. But then when it came to myself, I didn't give myself that chance. And so it's interesting um, kind of thinking about it from that perspective. Now, when you're looking back, you can start to think about some of the things that you like to do. I know that for me, I love to sing. I was always a singer, always, always. And I love to dance. When I sing and I dance, I find a place within myself that I think it's almost going almost into a meditative place where I can find this joy there and I go into a zone that is to me like a meditation. I could feel a little bit of a change in state. And so having that realization around these things that bring us so much joy. But in those times too, when you're older and when you were younger, it leads into a place where you're able to have different levels of creativity. And that goes into neuroplasticity and learning. And as a child going forward and growing, it lays the foundation for all of that, lays the foundation for all of your neural networks to start doing all of those things and to be able to problem solve better. I mean, it's all, it lays the foundation for all of that. But then when you stop doing it, you lose some of that flexibility within your brain, right? So you have to keep doing it in order to get the very, very, very best out of you. I recently read a book and the book was actually just called Play. The book is um, written by and off, it's actually co-written. It's two authors. One is Stuart Brown. He is a psychiatrist and a clinical researcher, and he founded something called the National Institute of Play. And then the other one is, the other co-author is Christopher Vaughn, who is a journalist. And these men wrote this book, and it was really about the science of playing and how through the lifespan it can um, start to fuel 
intel your intelligence and lay the groundwork for how you let in joy and how you think of things and how you problem solve and all of the basics for the groundwork for that is one thing but they actually go into other interesting aspects about how adaptable you are and your social set of skills and how when you're playing and teasing in a fun way with people that you're close to, it's actually socially bonding you. And I mean, you know that, you know, if you have a really close friend or a sibling and you guys, you know, razz each other for stuff that's, it's all based in play. And so kind of wrapping that around um, that whole concept and having the social science interweaved throughout that book it's actually pretty um pretty impressive i love reading that so that's the kind of stuff i read um and so boring i'm just kidding i really i love reading that stuff because i think it's so interesting and looking at the science between between um you know how children interact and then how if you apply that to how an adult would do it and um how it shifts and changes as you grow but there's also an element in the book that's talking about how sometimes, for the majority of us anyway, you get to a point where you're either told those things that bring you joy and those things that you're doing are for kids. Like, they're not for adults. You're not supposed to do that. And really having a thought around, is that true? And what is going to be the outcome if you stop? Um how does that inter how does that interface with how you end up thinking and how you behave and if you lose that aspect of yourself and you don't practice that as much where does the joy come in and do you have any control over it or are you completely relying on other people to bring it to you is it self-generated at all in any way so i think that that's such a good question and when I'm reading through this book, I feel like that is exactly um, what I wanted to talk about today. So when we are thinking about those things, we're going to give some specific examples for you and some to-do lists by the end of this so that you can start thinking about how to flip the on switch for yourself to your brain to get into that zone for you. And it doesn't have to be... Um, meditating in a way but that you traditionally think about meditating but it almost turns into this meditation like thing if you can draw for a long time or start doing like a crochet or some of those repetitive things especially you can get into this zone where you're just there you're present with what you're doing you're feeling into it and allowing it to unfold without having you know control over it and with just experiencing how it feels. And those blank spaces um, are truly beneficial. So I'm going to give one quote from this book too, which I really loved. There was a portion of the book where the author was actually interviewing someone who had been volunteering at an orphanage and asking him, you know, why, why do you do this? And I thought this was very insightful. So I'm going to read this to you verbatim from the book. It says, the answer, the man said, he was holding an infant and he said, I really do this for selfish reasons. I need this kind of connection and you don't have to come to San Salvador to experience it, which is where they were. There are play and love and they connect people at the deepest level. 
Play allows me to enter this situation. Play doesn't solve all of the serious suffering, unfairness, or the problems we see in the world, but when you experience it, particularly with a child, it opens your heart. And then you see what's inside. Play helps you regain the mind of the child and better deal with major problems and challenges we all face. I love that, especially when you're talking about regaining the mind of the child. Um, torture, I mean, within yourself, right? So your own childlike mind, reactivating it, getting it back into that place where you can let yourself be a little free and allow yourself to just be present with what's happening and acknowledging it doesn't change things. It doesn't help, you know, in other ways with suffering and unfairness and problems in the world, but it opens your heart. And I think that that is um, a beautiful rendition for exactly, you know, what happens there. I think also when we're talking about allowing that time, it's time for you it's time for introspection. It's connecting deeper down to yourself. And it is playful in nature. Um, when you're talking about it in that way, it your creativity flows through. You get into your own flow. And there is an on switch right then in that moment. You are, Your brain is activated in a different way. Your different centers are lighting up. You're not, you know, just acting out your programming that you're used to doing every day. You're not going through your routine you're used to doing every day. You're breaking it. And when we always talk about these things, it's this has two sides for me. So when you're thinking about it, you're thinking about it, it's almost three sides. You're thinking about it for yourself, like connecting back to yourself as a child and remembering what you liked to do and how much joy that brought you and trying to bring, hold that string pick it up wherever it fell and then bring it through to now and let yourself just allow yourself, give yourself the permission to be able to go there and do that. And then from that other, the second piece of it is also being that mirror to be able to interact with your child and make their play even better because you're able to get down there with them and Sometimes for some of, for me, this is a natural thing. I get on the floor and I act like an idiot with my kids and we get in, you know, build tents and get inside and crack up laughing. And, you know, that is, that was something that like, I didn't see all the time from my parents. That was, that was, they were too restrictive for that. Um, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be, it's not saying that that's bad or whatever, but I'm just saying that that's how I didn't want to be like that. I wanted to be more freely me and um, allow my children to see free me free as well. And so there's that lens as well, that it kind of, when you connect back with your own version of that, it opens up this little different connection between you and your kids. And it's really cool um, if you can feel free enough to do that. And they always appreciate that. And I always will remember the times when the, my family members were able to do that with me too. Because you look at them for a second and you're like, I know you're an adult, but you're playing with me and you're really here with me. Like you're not just telling me to go play by myself or to go do whatever. Like 
you're really here. And I think it's it promotes that moment where you're present with them, you're connecting with them on their level. And I feel like that's invaluable. And the third thing, the third view of it, if I kind of hold it in my hand and turn it all around, is um, that you're also setting an example for for them. Like, you don't want them to lose it either. You want them to keep being able to practice the things that they love and the things that bring them joy. You want them to be able to say, oh, I've um, always been a singer. I've always played the piano or I've always been able to draw. And when I do it, I feel like those are the things. Those are the things that you can know that they'll connect back to themselves, that they that brings them back home, that gives them a moment of presence. And when they see you do it, then they know that that also gives them permission in a way to do it later on. And it's something that's just subconscious to them. Like, oh, well, I saw my parents doing that. So that doesn't mean that it's just for kids. That doesn't mean that, you know, I I don't have time for that as an adult because I saw them and they did it too. And so I think that there's value in that as well. One more quote from this book was that um, from Freud, which was the, the Freudian quote was, life is about love and work, um, which is true. But in the one of the points that this book made was that play transcends these play, love and work and infuses them with liveliness and stills time's arrow, which I thought was a very poetic way of saying the same. Um, it makes things more fun, but at the same time, it allows you to be present with what you are doing. Anytime that you are able to harness that presence, you are turning your brain on in a different way. Anytime that you are becoming more quiet or able to even change your brain state and change your brain waves, like we see that happens in meditation, you can also do these things if you're kind of in the zone with drawing, if you're kind of in the zone with exercise, if you're kind of in the zone when you're singing um, and letting things flow. And that still is what stills time's arrow, as they said. I think that play is itself, um, it's just an expression of connection and of love to yourself too. You know that I've said in previous episodes, this is the first one, um, if this is the first one that you're listening to, that being able to have that moment where you're giving yourself that, you're able to show love to yourself, it spills over onto other people as well, naturally, and everyone is born into this life with the right, the birthright to be able to give and receive love. And so this is it in its simplest form. And if you harness these things and they seem so simple and and, and so silly, but like they matter and it matters to you. If it's something that brings joy, brings connection, then this is your on switch. It helps you problem solve. It helps you think of things in different ways. Those moments when you're able to be quiet and have that state that's a little different, that moment is when your answer might come to you about something that you have been trying to figure out or, you know, uh, an idea might come to you and you might think of things in a different way. So your to-do list is first to simply write down something that you used to love doing as a child. And I'm giving very 
like artistic type of thing. Heck, it could have been long division of whatever, like whatever it was that just brought you joy. Joy and not, um, not from a place of, like, I will give you an example. I was a um, Nintendo fiend when I was a child. I loved Nintendo. I could not get enough of it, but it was not the same to me as when I danced and when I sang. When I played Nintendo, it was more of a compulsive, um, obsessive, <laughs> I, I had to beat uh, the next level. So I was like obsessed with um, specifically Mario, Mario Brothers. Um, but I, I just loved it and I would play forever. If you just let me sit there, I would do it forever. And that was different. So in those times, I was not connected to myself. I was not having those, that kind of joy that I got from singing and the joy that I got from dancing and what I did when I was um, writing poetry and things like that when I would, things I would do when I was younger. That wasn't the same. So think of something that opened you up a bit. Think of something that you loved to do when you were, um, in a moment that gave you joy. And if you did it now in your own time, that you would feel like coming back home. And that is your thing. So carve out some time to try it again and do it again and see how you can do it. And not not for your kids and not for your spouse and not for your parents and do it just for you. And so that is your homework to get that brain switch flipped to the on position, um, start playing a little bit more. And I hope that you have a wonderful day. And I will leave you with this, um, this wish for you, which is to find beauty in something today, even in the smallest thing. I hope that it's in your smallest thing that you've decided to resurface for yourself. And um, I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. If you're a person who has been wondering how this whole meditation thing works, then I have something for you. Um, We are offering a free life energy meditation and breath work, which is a free download. It's a guided meditation. And what it satisfies is that question for a lot of people, like, how am I supposed to breathe when I'm doing this? Or how am I supposed to focus? And so sometimes you just need a little bit of a guide to help you along the way and get you into that very first experience of starting to have those good open connection times and allow some silence to intervene there so that you can get some answers or have those moments where you can have an aha and just get some good connection between yourself and your inner world and the outer world around you. To me, that is always a, um, and you've heard me describe this, I'm sure, as that place where your divine that is inside you is always able to intermingle with the outer divine all around us. And we need help with that sometimes. And so if you're looking for a little bit of a translation with some scientific pieces mixed in, which I know I need for my nurse brain, but 
I love this. It is one of the things that helps me do the best work that is really surging forward in this Synergy Thrive process. And so I've made it free for you. The Life Energy Meditation and Breathwork sign up is, the link is signup.synergythrive.org forward slash breathe. That link again is signup.synergythrive.org forward slash breathe. And go ahead, put your information there. It will come straight to your inbox and you can do it any time. Happy meditating. Thank you for joining us on the Synergy Thrive Podcast. I hope this episode helped you take one more step towards your synergy and brought you one level higher to fulfilling your highest purpose. Please rate and review this podcast. Each review helps other ambitious moms just like you. Don't forget to take a screenshot of your review and tag me on Instagram at Synergy Thrive. I will see you in the next episode.